630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Period number two underway at the Bell Center in Montreal with the Canadians up 2 nothing on goals from Eric Gustafson, his first, and Arturi Lekkanen, who scored the game winner last night in game three and has the second goal tonight. If the Canadians win, they will advance to the Stanley Cup semifinal to play either the Colorado Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights. The Boston Bruins have cut the lead now to one. David Krejci has scored his third of the playoffs. This is after David Posternock scored his second of the game and seventh of the playoffs. So uh, we are, let's see here, getting into the late stages. Under four minutes left to go in the uh, third period of play. And the Islanders now hanging on to a 5-4 lead. They're up 5-2 early in this period. The Bruins trying to make a charge and tie up the game and send it to overtime. Islanders trying to take a 3-2 series lead back to Long Island. Uh, and uh, with a, a game away of advancing to their second straight Final Four. The uh, NBA playoffs tonight, second round, the Brooklyn Nets with a 76-53 lead on the Milwaukee Bucks. The Nets lead that series one game to nothing. As uh, And James Harden is not on the lineup. The Nets are are very good. And Logan Stanley has just scored as we go back to the uh, Canadians-Jets game. Logan Stanley has uh, yeah, just scored. Wrist shot coming down the left side, kind of just outside the dots where the hash marks are. And he just rips a shot past Carey Price. That went on the AHL side, as uh, Harry Neal would affectionately say. <laughs> a former uh, head coach and longtime broadcaster. And uh, the odd guest here on uh, our platforms here on 630 Chat. I believe he was a guest with Reed earlier in the hockey season uh, during one of the uh, face-off shows. So that's he was. Cool. So He was, yes. There you go. Um, he was. I love, I love Harry Neal. Harry Neal's great. There you go. Uh, shots on goal. Very low event game here in Montreal. A uh, 12-8 margin for the Canadians. So... Logan Stanley's just made this one interesting early in the second period of play. Two to one is the score for the Habs. Well, the uh, Edmonton Elks news has definitely caused a lot of excitement. The prospects of a CFL season has caused uh, a lot of uh, excitement because it does look like it's going to happen. There's still the uh, CFL XFL discussions, which we, we don't know where they're going really right now and how long this is going to take and when, if anything, when this might get off the ground, because that is still in the background. But then there's the USFL. Well, you go, what about it? That was that league that ran, what, in the early to mid-80s? Donald Trump, you know, Doug Flutie and Jim Kelly and a lot of uh, solid NFL players. Of course, Doug Flutie played up here in the CFL, but uh, that's, how, that's what that league uh, produced. Well, apparently it's coming back. So to try and connect all the dots is a man that we have had on this show before, someone that I'm a big fan of because he does great work for XFL News Hub, and he's a fan of the CFL. And I wonder if he's an Edmonton Elks. Uh, well, I don't know if he's a fan. I know he's a Toronto Argonauts fan, but it, he, I wonder what he thinks about the Edmonton Elks as well. It's Mike Mitchell, writer for XFL News Hub. Mike, nice to have you back on the show, my friend. How are you doing? It's great to be back on. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Well, what do you think of the Edmonton Elks? Have you, have you bought any Elks merch yet? You know, I'm considering it. I've always been a huge fan of that color scheme. Um, so I, I like the fact that the, the team stayed very original in terms of, you know, not going with an Eagles or other names that have been overused. I think the Elks is a very cool name. I guess it took a while for everybody to accept the plural aspect of that. Um, 
but that color scheme has always been great. I loved it. Uh, I'd like to see some alternative looks as far as helmets go and everything else, just to play along with it. I think it's going to be very marketable. Um, you're going to see plenty of uh, kids and old adults wearing antlers at games. I'm sure you have some elk uh, called noisemakers at games as well. So I think it's oh, very yeah. great. I, I love the logo. I love everything about it. I like the antlers in the shape of an E. Um, it's a nice transition. I liked it. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, really capturing a lot of people, not only in this country, and I know you're a big, uh, you're a big uh, CFL supporter as well. And uh, you've doing it. You've been doing a great job trying to navigate through the the waters of this XFL uh, CFL talks, which is just absolutely papered with non-disclosure agreement. So it's really hard to cover and you've done a good job. So we'll get to that in a moment. But so here we are rolling along last week. I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday last week. All of a sudden we hear USFL. And of course, this is the league that tried to rival the NFL because Donald Trump, he ran that league, didn't work, although it produced some really big stars and some really interesting uh, team names. Uh, apparently, they're, they're, they're back, and everyone's kind of going, huh, what's going on here? So uh, maybe try and uh, unpack this a little bit with the USFL coming back as potentially a rival spring league. You know, it's very interesting. You know, for years now, people have talked about the potential return of the USFL, and there have been several different groups that have tried to get it going and back up and running, and, you know, obviously the name – has a lot of uh, infamy behind it, but it also has some goodwill because it did produce a pretty good product for as long as it lasted. Uh, quick ascent, quick descent. Um, it's interesting to see it return. It's coming back under a different model. This is obviously not going to be like the USFL of the 80s where they challenged the NFL. They challenged the eligibility rule for college football players. They, you know, they paid players a lot of money. They tried to go directly after the NFL. So, this is just going to be a scaled-down version, um, bare-bones, and kind of a, a baby-step approach by uh, Brian Woods, the CEO of the Spring League, and by Fox, who has a minority stake in this. I don't know all the financial details. They have an option to purchase um, more of a stake within the league itself, and that's going to be the telling part of the USFL is how far do they want to go financially because once you open up those checkbooks you're entering a different financial realm altogether and that's where the the truth will lie whether or not that league can make it or not so um brian woods has an interesting history uh there's no question about it uh some people would label it as shady um the way i look at it to this point he's been faking it so he can make it and with fox as a partner he has a chance to finally make it. The question is whether or not they will. I don't see them as a direct threat, the XFL or CFL, especially in the short term. Whether or not they can be a success and over the long term find their footing, that remains to be seen. It's going to be difficult. Now, you mentioned Fox is the, you know, is a real big player in this. Do uh, you think if you're Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia and in Redbird Capital, did does that surprise? Would, would it surprise them uh, a bit or a lot that they have hitched their wagon to this to this next uh, edition of the USFL? What's so fascinating about Fox in this whole ordeal is that a year ago at this time, when the XFL was in bankruptcy, there were several different companies that uh, were interested 
in purchasing the XFL out of bankruptcy despite there being an ongoing pandemic. And Fox, from everything I heard, was one of the entities that was looking into the XFL property. And because of, you know, all the debt and everything else in terms of figuring out how to relocate, how to um, put all the teams back in their market, sell tickets, something that was an impossibility with the pandemic going on, back Fox passed. Redbird stepped in, Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson came in. But the reason why Fox has a relationship with the Spring League is because Fox is working with the XFL and Spring and the Spring League when the XFL was testing out their innovations and rules at the Spring League summer showcase, so where they would have uh, players come in and work out in front of uh, scouts. So with the XFL out of the picture in the short term, the Spring League was the you know, Brian Woods and his entity was the only thing out there that was left on the dance floor. So Fox is a low-risk proposition for them with um, not a lot of money put into it because I don't know if anybody knows about the setup right now, but the Spring League doesn't pay their players to play. That's something that's going to have to change if they're playing a fully-fledged football league. So pro football oh, yeah. extends over eight, ten weeks or what have you. So the initial investment by Fox is a low-risk one where – low-cost programming. There's not a lot of money put into it financially. So now the moment of truth comes, how much of a financial stake is Fox going to take uh, in this USFL uh, venture? So we'll see how that all pans out. As far as how the XFL is affected by it, they have a bigger bigger picture in terms of uh, the networks, streaming partners, their exposure package than they do than the standard network cable model. Mike Mitchell joining us, writer for XFL Hub here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. And, you know, just quickly before we, we move on here, Brian Woods, who is the CEO of the Spring League, and you mentioned that the players aren't paid. What is it, $2,000 for a player to play unless yeah, you've been on an NFL roster? Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. The registration fee that they've had in place for quite some time now, they've made some exceptions with, Certain players who've been a part of the spring league or have been in the NFL recently where they've been told they don't have to pay. But if you've been out of the NFL for a certain amount of time, you have to pay to actually play in the league. Okay. And, okay, so you're getting $2,000 from, from players and plus any sort of TV revenue you would you would gain from this. I mean, you're, you're basically in a win situation because anybody. <laughs> so even if you're making, you know, Two hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's two hundred thousand dollars that you don't have to see that necessarily that goes out, and they're, and they're they're in a centralized location as well, right? Right, which is exactly why right now it's like a low risk thing for them because they're playing out of hub city sites. They don't have to worry about travel costs or facility costs or training centers and full staffing. But once you, with their plan is with the USFL, once you start going into markets and have to worry about all those expenses that come with operating a pro football league, even if you go with a bare-bones model, that changes the game significantly. And from all the indications that I've gotten is they're changing their model to the point where they're going to actually pay players to play in their league now. Mm. I don't know how long their 2022 system or league season is going to be, whether it's going to be extended a little bit further. Right now they've been playing seven weeks, eight weeks. So well, I, I expect that they'll go a little bit further. But And it's also going to be interesting to see which part of the calendar they you know, park their league at, whether that's an April to June model, something like that, maybe July, that kind of deal. So that's going to be an interesting aspect to all of this. But I don't expect them to go all in immediately in 2022. I think they'll test the waters 
and see if there's interest and if fans will come out. Obviously, the changes of the pandemic help because if you can have 100% capacity, uh, that will will help their profit margin if they're able to get some footing in some of these markets, whatever markets they end up choosing. Yeah, no, yeah, well, that's interesting. So it doesn't really sound like it's going to be much of a, it's not going to derail talks from the CFL and the XFL. It's not going to really derail what, what they're talking about. It's hard to know what they're talking about, as you mentioned, because there's NDAs all over this thing. So tell me about having to cover this story when it's, when really the key players aren't talking right now. It's fascinating because we publicly we got the announcement that both sides were talking in March, but that's only been about three months ago, but it feels like maybe it's been three years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but you know, I think a lot of people are focusing on the football side of it and I get it because it's a lot of fun to focus in on, you know, what kind of rules will the league play? What, what will they do as far as ratio goes and roster composition? And that's fun stuff for football fans to think about in some cases, uh, in the Canadian side, the fearful topic, I get it, but I think we're we're not focusing as much on the business aspect, which, you know, oftentimes when corporations release statements, we tend to overlook the key verbiage that they have. And from every indication I've received, um, the alignment that they've been talking about is business first and then figure out the football later. And I think mm. the business part of it is the key here. Um, they often say that the last 10 to 15% of any business deal is the most difficult part. And I think that's where we're at between the CFL and XFL right now is they're, they're narrowing down their options as to how they want to move forward together, but they still haven't quite figured out what it's going to be, what it's going to look like, and how it's going to function. But it's, it's the design of it, the natural design of it is for both sides to benefit from partnering together. And I think the fears out there from the Canadian side that there's an American takeover and they're coming to take our game. I think those fears are unfounded from everything I've heard. I wouldn't mm-hmm. harp on that. I, yeah. I would concern myself a little more with the business side of it in terms of how they both can work together to expand the product in terms of their outreach and uh, promotions and creating additional rev- revenue streams through marketing and promotion and everything else. Mike, as always, appreciate this, man. Uh, always love your stuff. Uh, where can people check you out? Uh, XFLNewsHub.com. I also uh, cover the New York Jets for the uh, the Jet Press. So that's just a couple of different places you can check me out. I'm at, at by Mike Mitchell on uh, Twitter there. So uh, thank you very much, Dave, for having me on. And go, even though I'm an Argos fan, go Elks. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well, just you're... so happy the CFL is returning. It's um it's only two years ago and it seems like it seems like 10 such a different world now yeah. but i'm really excited oh, yeah. about the return of the cfl it's uh it's going to be something else i can't wait to see it couldn't have said it any better mike thanks okay we'll keep in touch uh, take care thank you dave thank you that's uh, mike mitchell writer for xfl hub i don't believe the xfl's i agree with mike this is not a takeover this is a a big amount of respect that that Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia have with Redbird Capital. Uh, I know they hired a big NFL 
executive uh, today, Brian LaForce, I believe is his name. Uh, and he's going to be really key in the business side as far as streaming rights and, and, and sponsorship and things of that nature. So that's a huge get for uh, the XFL. But I think this is more back burner stuff. Business first. Can they come together and have a one have one league that's going to be very difficult and i think that's the part that's going to take a long time so um is the cfl going to remain as is for a while i think it will be and as is is uh, the current setup nine teams will, will they get a 10th team out east i don't know i think that's going to be very hard to do right now coming out of the pandemic um so we'll see what happens but uh, we are definitely aiming and getting closer for an announcement about hopefully an August 5th season. And I think the optimism about that start date is uh, getting stronger. Logan Stanley scored again in the second period here. Uh, Carey Price has led in two uh, tough goals. So uh, showing he's uh, he's human. Really? He's human? Yes. So it's 2-2. Jets and Canadians in the second period, and the Islanders have won 5-4, so they are one win away from the Stanley Cup semifinal. Back in a moment. back to where the line moving in Morrissey didn't shoot now for Stanley he'll move in let a shot go he scores Logan Stanley with a rifle from the near side off the post and in and there's life for the Winnipeg Jets it's two to one Montreal and for Logan Stanley he scores twice in just under four minutes and Carey Price has led in a goal blocker side and a shot he should have had on his glove side and he has not played well in the second period after playing sensational uh, for the rest of this series or for previously to the series in the playoffs. Uh, it's been a tough struggle for him and the uh, Canadians as they're trying to sweep the Jets and advance to the Stanley Cup semifinal. The Jets trying to force a game five back in Winnipeg on Wednesday. Well, I know you love your Edmonton Elks. Boy, the uh, merchandise sales have been going well. I love seeing all the social media, all the uh, pictures and videos of people getting their Elks gear. How well has it gone? We'll uh, find out next after the news update here. As it's Campbell in for Wilkie. All week this week. Yes, it's true. Yes, happy to be here. Dave Campbell on 630 Jet Inside Sports. Back in a moment. Chat inside sports Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight and for the rest of the week as Wilkie gets a little R&R before coming back uh, next week we should be into the Stanley Cup semifinals well I believe we will be into the Stanley Cup semifinals and you will hear those games right here on the voice of the Edmonton Oilers the voice of the NHL in Edmonton 630 Chad schedules and teams and times and dates will be revealed later on the Canadians trying to advance 
and having a heck of a time of it after a 2-0 lead in the first period. Two Logan Stanley goals in about four minutes for the Jets have tied this game up at two. I can tell you that the New York Islanders, a 5-4 win over the Boston Bruins. So they have won two straight and have a 3-2 series lead with a chance to advance to the Stanley Cup semifinal on Wednesday. The Lightning can do that tomorrow. They're up 3-1 as they're back in Carolina to play the Hurricanes in game number four, or sorry, game number five. And tomorrow we'll see if the uh, Knights or the Avs can move in to a position to be one win away from the Stanley Cup semifinal as well as they will play game five. An interesting series there with uh, the first two games won by the Avs. 7-1 was uh, the score in game one. 3-2 was the score in game two with Mikko Rantanen scoring in overtime, but the Knights clearly were the better team throughout that game, especially the final two periods and the overtime period. And then a 3-2 win where Jared Bednar, the head coach of the Avs, said, this was a waste of time. We haven't been good enough the last five periods. Interesting. Interesting tact. Uh, very honest, as Connor McGahee said um, uh, last hour, who joined us, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Avs. And then after the game last night, a 5-1 loss, uh, McGee, uh, or, uh, Bednar said, yeah, we played well, competed well. Not too concerned. Of course, the big concern is the fact that the Knights have been able to neutralize Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, and Mikko Rantanen. So uh, that is something that we'll see if they can, uh, with last change tomorrow, if they can kind of get through that. Uh, NBA tonight in the fourth quarter, the Brooklyn Nets in control over the Milwaukee Bucks. We thought this might be a long series, still might be a long series. Brooklyn up 103-70, and the Nets have a one-game-to-none lead and will cruise, it looks like, to a two-games-to-none lead with uh, games three and four in Milwaukee. So the Bucks have a chance to answer back on home floor. The Denver Nuggets will are in uh, Phoenix tonight to play the Suns as uh, that series. Well, well, actually, that's the first game of their second-round NBA series. The Suns ousted the L.A. Lakers and LeBron James the first time in his 18-year career. This is remarkable that LeBron James has not made it past the first round. So I think he's had, might have had a couple of uh, misses in the postseason. I know he's, uh, or as far as failing to make the playoffs, uh, maybe the early going, early going in his career in Cleveland. Uh, but he's made how many finals over the last year? Of course, they won last year in the bubble in Orlando. Uh, talking about uh, analytics and the basically, you know, we got to take it for what it is. It's kind of a barometer it's a kind of tells you some things but we shouldn't take it as gospel all the time and people upset that ken holland said yeah we have a couple analytics people and i look at goal differential as far as analytics go some people don't like that but the fact that you know they actually do reports uh to ken holland the couple people on staff who are in charge of the analytics department and they give reports to Holland, give reports to Dave Tippett and the analytics community. You know, it's fun. I, I like analytics myself. I love stats, advanced stats. I've learned more about, but uh, I think some people take it as power. And I know more than the coach or the GM. You want to weigh in on that? You can on the certainty. To-
hotline 780-496-0063. Certain teeth, professional grade building materials, pro all the way. We talked about uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins a little bit in the first hour. How much would you give him, considering he go five on five, was pretty good on the power play, and he's also someone that it's hard to say goodbye to and you know he's unrestricted so the Oilers may not have a choice anyway but you have someone that can play five on five playing your top six as a center or play on the wing with McDavid or Dreisaitl and we have no idea how they're going to set that up next year how um, if they can find some quality wingers that can play with either then that solves the problem maybe Ryan Nugent Hopkins is part of that but, you know, he's someone that can play penalty kill, play power play. He's so valuable. But what would you give him? That's the, that's the big one. Uh, Don says, I would sign RNH for about four and a half on a three-year deal. No, he's a popular player. However, I think the best years are behind him. That's interesting. I mean, what if the best years behind him, huh? He's, what, 28? 2728. Hmm. I mean, if if you're Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if you want to play with Leon and and Connor, that's pretty attractive too. But you know, you're kind of gambling because it's like, okay, I know my GM has a lot of money, but am I able to? Can I wait out? Wait it out long enough? What if a team says, "I'll give you six million. Come here." So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Bob Stoffer says 50-50, I believe. This believes uh, Adam Larson, 90% chance. He tweeted this last week. And uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, about a 50-50 chance. So that's a little scary. Ken is on hold on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Ken. Hey, how are you doing tonight, Dave? Good, how are you? Not bad for an old guy. Hey, you know, it's funny <laughs> talk about Bryce and I having uh, kind of a rough game. I was watching a game last night and after after it was over, I was thinking, you know, why not start Allen? Like, like give, mm. give Bryce a break. He's been busting his butt, you know, he's played well and something like this was just bound to happen. Not taking anything away from Montreal. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. And well, you know, you they, they play, they... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, you know, the, Can- the the Canadians have played a ton of hockey, you know, two, three weeks. And they had to start their uh, North Division final with the with the Jets two days after they, they ousted the Leafs last week. So, and Price has started every single game, and this is a back-to-back. So, uh, this is tough, and you can see why the Canadians, I mean, they're up 3-0. They don't want to go back to Winnipeg. They want to finish this now. So, but I'm sure the the mentality for Dominic Ducharme, the interim head coach, is so I, I got to go with Carey Price. I got to go with my guy. But, um, you know, when you look at it, it's 11, 11 shots on goal, and uh, the Jets have two goals, and it's 2-2, right? So that's that's right. a little tough to swallow, If I think, if you're uh, if you're a, an observer or a fan of the Canadians, for sure. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, you know, just give them that rest because you're up three games to none and chances are you're going to lose anyways. What's the difference if you lose the price or how in it, right? And the other, the other quick yeah. thing I was going to ask is, realistically, do you think we could pull off something like a Rask and a DeBrusque? Hmm. A Rask and a DeBrusque? Yeah. Because wow. I know I know Louis, like, he's, like he's up for his kid to come down here, but... <laughs> well, you know, uh, DeBrusque has been talked about 
you know, having a link to the Oilers for, I think, the last few weeks or months, that would be very interesting. And sometimes the fresh, uh, the, the freshness or the change of scenery can help a player. It's been, yeah. unfortunately, not a good year for, for, for Jake for whatever reason. He's not even playing tonight. So, you know, is that someone you say, okay, we're going to play? You know, we're going to be even playing with Connor McDavid. That'd be interesting. Rask is, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, he's definitely a quality goaltender. He's, uh, what, getting to his mid-30s. And I don't know what money he would command. And I'm thinking, would the Oilers want to maybe try? It's a little bit of an easier price. I mean, I know Philip Grubauer is is on, uh, is is up for unrestricted free agency, but he's a Vesna Trophy candidate. So I think he's going to get paid. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if the ass yeah. come in and pay him, you know, but no, exactly. Razik no, is someone. Yeah. It's okay, interesting. Ken. Hey, th- thanks for the call. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, Peter Morazic, who played the last couple of games for uh, the, the Hurricanes after uh, Alex Nedeljkovic played the uh, pretty much the whole, you know, what did he play? And yeah, he played the he played every game before Morazic did, and he looked good in Game Three in that win by the Hurricanes, and no one looked good, even Andre Vasilevsky in Game Four, because it was goal, 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 goal. So that was uh, that was unfortunate for uh, for both goalies, but it was heck of a lot of fun. So yeah, I just don't know if the Oilers are going to be willing to to really spend top dollar on anybody. Yeah, how much money will Darnell Nurse command? You know, we're going to get Norris Trophy candidates coming out, I believe, on Wednesday. He very well could be in that mix. There's many people that believe he'll win the Norris Trophy or should win the Norris Trophy. So do you have to sign him, you know, seven, $8 million deal? I don't know. That's a tough one because is Darnell Nurse the player that he was this year or is Darnell Nurse someone that is, you know, kind of like that but not really go- is not really going to give you that production every year? But he had a heck of a year. So there's some tough decisions for Ken Holland to make, for sure. Ah, Brian from Millet. Growing up in Sundry, we followed the Olds Elk senior hockey team. The name is fine and will grow with Edmonton fans. I think so, too. It's been popular. In fact, so popular, even the longtime voice of the Edmonton Elks, when they were not known as the Elks, yes, I understand that. I spent the final four years as his color analyst on... Uh, Edmonton football team broadcast. Even one Brian W. Hall loves the name Elks. I feel it's the beginning of a new era. I love this elk, the antler theme. And when I saw it on Commonwealth Stadium Field, I said, wow, like this is, there will be no other like it anywhere. It's a special feeling because I do have that feeling. We're going to have a whole new group of fans. There's going to be a whole new excitement in the city and northern Alberta and throughout the Canadian Football League. This is all about Edmonton, you know, and it is. It's about tradition, and you should never forget where you come from. And we have not forgotten where we come from and who we are. We're the green and gold, and we're the now Edmonton Elks, but the history, the organization, the people, the volunteers, the city, that's what it's all about. This is an exciting time. Boy, I love it. If Brian Hall loves it, I think you should too. 
<laughs> the excitement in this man's voice. I actually got to talk to him last week. I've talked to him occasionally during the pandemic. Of course, we're not all in the station. I know, Kellen, you're in the station. You've been going in every day since this mm-hmm. whole thing started. Yep. So, uh, But uh, it was nice to talk to uh, Halsey last week and, uh, you know, just to hear his excitement. Now, I know you're excited. I know you, I, I've seen you on social media with, uh, with, with, your, with your elk swag. Yes, yeah. So, uh, well, <laughs> the, the whole deal is just trying to figure out what kind of elk swag do I want? Do I want the long sleeve tee? Do I want the short tee? Do I want, <laughs> you know, the, the, what ball cap to get and that stuff? So that's, that's, that's part of the hard decision, the, the hard, you know, fan making decisions that a lot of us are making right now is, uh, okay, we're cool with the logo. We're cool with the look and everything. Now, what are we going to get? Right. So. Now tell me when you first when you saw the video. I don't know how 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 you how you learned of the name through you guys on one. Twitter. Yeah, through through okay. you and Morley. Yep. Yeah, so, so when you heard the name and you saw sort of the the uh, the logos and all the merch. I mean, were you like eyes as wide as saucers? Did you have to pick your jaw off, uh, off the floor? Like what was it? Yeah, the the name. Uh, I love the name. The name was. Uh, uh, a home run hit because myself and Reed had discussed on the show here in the past and that stuff that we kind of felt that Elk or Elks was a front runner for the new name. And so to see the name come out as it did was, you know, I guess I don't want to say it was expected, but it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I felt with. Uh, I was shocked at the logo change, but uh, I've grown to embrace it since. Uh, I'm really happy that uh, after seeing the video that Trevor Harris posted on social media last week, that they are keeping uh, the little things like the decals that you can pick up at the team store and that stuff, because I have a truck, I'll rock the logo on the back of my truck, you know, and (laughs) wherever I drive the, the, Elks logo will be on the back of the truck, so there we go. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, and I know people are, are I I'm not not panic, but concerned that is the W logo going away? No, it's not. It's been kind of refurbished. Um, it, it will show up, I think, somewhere on yeah. the main jersey setup. It's it's what they it call a secondary brand, I believe, is what the terminology is. It's going to be a secondary brand for the franchise yeah. going forward. So exactly. And how many uniform setups will they have other than the normal home and away? Will there be a third? Will there be a fourth, for example? Will it be like a college football setup? And I do believe Chris Preston, the Elks president and CEO, uh, yeah, he did say last week to uh, when Morley and I were doing the broadcast from mm-hmm. Commonwealth. By the way, it was really good to be out in a public event again. I in that stadium. That was <laughs> That was quite electrifying. But he said, you know what, in a third jersey setup, you might see the logo, the W logo back on the helmet. So uh, it's not going away. So I think it's a nice melding of the past and, and, and the future. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun to see the excitement for sure. So, mm-hmm. And we are approaching uh, the official word on the August 5th date for a start of a 14-game season. And that was uh, reported on the weekend by uh, you know, Three Down Nation, by Justin Dunk and Farhan Lalji of of TSN and Dave Naylor, uh, people that are very well connected, that the league will inform the CFL PA, the Players Association, no later than a week today on the status of that August 5th start date. So that's exciting as well. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're we, just, get there. we just have to wait and find out what the stadium policy will be on uh, these type of calls being allowed into the building. Ah. 
because everybody yeah. knows somebody who you know hunts or is an outdoorsman or something like that, and you know can <laughs> supply a few hundred uh, oh, yeah. elk calls or whatever. I guess right. So. Yeah, that's going to be deafening for the opposition. Oh, you yeah. imagine Bo Levi Mitchell under center and all these elk calls come out of the uh, stands <laughs> on the Brickfield of Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, for like oh, the yeah. Labor Day rematch, or you know, to hopefully it's it, it comes to pass, or like the Western Final at Commonwealth or something like that. You know, just love it. Oh, cool. Absolutely love it, Edmonton Elks, and you can find out more information, uh, and especially on. Uh, on merchandise at uh, goelks.com and shop goelks.com. Back with more and back to wrap in a moment. the middle for Appleton, back for Connor, across the line, feeds it far side, moving in, Stanley, a shot, he scores! Logan Stanley off the bench with a one-timer, he's got two in the period, and we're tied at two, oh yeah! Logan Stanley with his second of the game, second of the postseason, and it's 2-2, Jets and Canadians, game four, the North Division final in Montreal, Going to the third period, the Islanders have won 5-4. They hung on. They had a 5-2 lead and had to hang on because the Bruins came back to cut the lead to one. But the Islanders win. They are one win away from the Stanley Cup semifinal. I want to pass on right now my well wishes. You know, we don't very often. It's kind of an unwritten rule in radio where you just don't mention the other station or someone that works there, but I'm going to break that rule right now. Uh, Dave Jamison, uh, program director, one-time program manager, program director for 630 Chad, uh, longtime comms uh, director and director of marketing for the Edmonton football team. Um, and also former president of the Edmonton rush uh, announced yesterday on Twitter that he's been diagnosed with uh, cancer, uh, discovered a lump in his neck three weeks ago, ultrasound followed by a CT scan Friday morning. Uh, just want to pass on that. We're rooting for Dave. Uh, we love you, man. And uh, you know, he uh, he's, he's a good man, dad of three. Um, one of the smartest individuals and funniest individuals I've ever, ever met. And for some reason, he saw something in me because he hired me um, and uh, has been, was instrumental in helping me out during my career in the early going as the uh, color analyst of the of the Edmonton Elks. And uh, and when they were you know, with a, under another name, of course. But uh, Dave, we, we wish you all the best. OK, so uh, we're rooting for you. And uh, let's beat this. Let's beat. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you're going to beat this because I know how feisty and, and tough an individual that you are. So all the best, Jamo. All the best. All right. Uh, NBA tonight. The Brooklyn Nets are about to take a 2-0 lead in their second round playoff series with the Milwaukee Bucks. They're up 123-80. to The Denver Nuggets are in Phoenix to play the Suns. They will begin that game uh, just after 8 o'clock. First game of their second round NBA playoff series. So the uh, Canadians and Jets, this has been the best game of the series so far, no doubt about it. We'll see uh, 
if the Canadians can hang on and we'll find out what kind of uh, show we'll have tomorrow based off this game for sure. I can tell you uh, later on in the week, we'll have Kelly Rudy, of course. Uh, that'll be on Wednesday, actually. So uh, a lot of fun tonight. Thank you so much for your feedback and listening. For uh, producer Brennan Clack, who's, uh, yeah, I'm usually the producer. He's the producer this week. Our uh, technical producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name's Dave Campbell. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.